0: Welcome to our podcast. We are so excited to have you along for this journey. My name is Anne Madison and I'm the director of Peace Restored. I will be your host as we discuss mental health and faith in our podcast, Seeking Healing, Finding Hope. It's a production of Peace Restored, a 501c3 nonprofit located in Indiana and serving women everywhere. So today on our podcast, we have joining us, Becca Gilmore. She is newer on staff with us. Last year, she interned with us, um, and uh, this year, she's joined us on staff, so we're so excited to have her join us here on the podcast. Yay! (laughs) Should be fun. Mm -hmm. So last um, year, um, part of the reason why I wanted Becca to do this podcast with us is last year, she actually led a group on the Boundaries group, on the Boundaries topic, which is what we're going to be discussing today. So I think she's going to have some really good insight for us to discuss and- Um, Good conversation for us to have. So we're so glad to have our audience listening again in this week. So like I said, we're launching into our first mental health topic, um, one that is commonly misunderstood, which is boundaries. Um, So I'm looking forward to this topic and hope that each of you that are listening will come back each week and invite others as we continue to grow together. If you did not hear our previous podcast, which we shared how and why we started, you will want to go back and take a listen to it. We'll link the podcast in our show notes to make it easier for you to find. So let's dive into our, into our discussion on boundaries. So, um, so in Dr. Cloud's book, Boundaries, we learned that our culture defines boundaries in ways that are often incorrect. So it can make it easy to understand what a boundary is when it's defined physically. So if we think of a boundary in our physical world, um, fences, we think of like fences, uh, maybe hedges around our house, bushes, all kinds of things. Even our yard can kind of define those boundaries. So many things are used to define our physical world to indicate that property lines begin and end in a particular place. As I'm reading, as I'm kind of talking through boundaries and that definition of it, I really loved the little um, what, little, f- little miniature little, fence yeah.
1: that I made, yes. Yeah,
0: it was a really, I, I now that I think about it, we should have brought it over for this. Um, but maybe we'll bring it over in the next yeah. one so everybody can see it. But it, she, ba- you basically you want to describe it so everybody can yeah, kind of imagine so it. so
1: it shows, like, the grass in the middle, and then there's a little white picket fence all the way around the grass with a little gate, and the gate is representing um, to be able to let good in, and also you have to remember to let good out. Mm-hmm. And you're pretty much, since you're the property owner of your own fence, you get to open and choose when you want that gate to be open
0: and closed. So it's a really good representation of what a boundary is. So we're going to really begin into that today, um, talking more about boundaries and how they're defined and what they really look like. And so when we defined our physical boundaries, they show what we are responsible for. So in our yard, for example, we would not expect our neighbor to mow our grass or, or rake our leaves Because that responsibility of care falls squarely on the property's shoulders. Mm -hmm. It may be kind of ridiculous when I'm like, oh, well, my grass is high, so I'll just wait for my neighbor to take care of it. Mm -hmm. But um, we can get confused when we translate that idea of boundaries to the emotional, mental world or even our spiritual world. But nonetheless, boundaries are just as real for us in these areas. It tells us in Proverbs 4.23 that boundaries define our soul and they help you guard it and maintain it. So our boundaries do define us by helping to establish what is me and not me. But we must be careful to own what is ours, because without this ownership, we lose our choices and our options become limited. If we connect the idea or concept with our physical boundary, it would be impossible to have someone care for our yard or our bound, you know, ourselves if we did not let if we did not tell them where the yard is. So, in other words, if we didn't define our yard and just said, hey, I want you to come over and take care of my yard today, that would be a challenge. Could you imagine? And confusing. Yeah, and and confusing. And not
1: knowing where your, your yard ends and begins. Mm-hmm. Um, it could definitely be confusing for the other person.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we do that with our boundaries. We say, we kind of throw around this word, with this word well, you're encroaching you're on my boundaries. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we don't tell the person what the boundaries are.
1: We may not know what our boundaries are. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we may not know how to define them yet. We yes. might even, And so not knowing what, one, the definition of a boundary is, and two, how to define them mm-hmm. makes it difficult to give that parameter for our own yard.
1: Yeah, it makes it difficult to learn when to say yes or no to
0: things, exactly. when to open or close your gate mm-hmm. if you can't see where your gate is. Yeah. It'd mm-hmm. be really hard. That's a really good point. If you don't know where your own gate is, how do you know how to control it? Mm-hmm. It could feel a little chaotic. Mhm. So, um So yeah, that would be really a hard place for people to be at. Um it might even be confusing for some people too, um to like you had said it's not having those clear, defined definitions. Yes.
1: And I think, too, that's when you fall into the issue of blaming other people, like you were saying mm-hmm. earlier, for encroaching on your boundaries or stepping over your boundaries, but not having that clear understanding of where your boundary even lies.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because if we just say, well, that's my boundary, mm-hmm. and you're not clear what th- what that means, right? Yeah. If I, you know, that would be unfair, to someone else yeah it'd be unfair even to yourself because now you're causing frustration not only for yourself because you because the reason why we say a lot of times our boundary has been encroached is because we're feeling some type of stressor within ourselves and so we're saying to that person i need you to stop because i feel stress so therefore you've crossed my boundary
1: mm-hmm.
0: and but we've never defined within what that means and so then they're just like confused what's yeah. your boundary <laughs> what did I do <laughs> yeah how did I encroach how did I cause you discomfort
1: yeah and from the other person's standpoint they just want the bad to stop
0: yeah
1: and you don't know how to communicate about right that. Mm-hmm.
0: so yeah exactly so you don't know how to communicate so we might put up a wall and so a lot of times I think when we use the word boundary it's really we're in essence putting up a wall instead
1: And then would that be, so if you put up a wall like that, would that be um, closing your gate pretty much? And Mm -hmm. what that means is you're not able to let any good in and you're also Mm -hmm. keeping the bad in. Exactly. You're not able to let the bad out. Yeah,
0: Yeah. so you're building what you think is self-protection. I have to build up this wall or also what we might be defining incorrectly as a boundary. And by doing so... Like you said, we're keeping all of that stuff in. So we're yeah. keeping mm-hmm. in all of those, the heavy, the things that we feel are safe. But then that that pressure continues to build. And that person's like, oh, I keep putting my boundary up and I keep feeling worse. But mm-hmm. they're not putting up a boundary. They're putting up a wall.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So it can be really challenging. So even in the Bible, it help us, helps us to clearly define our boundaries and even how to protect them. Our past And our experiences, other people, past relationships, or even our current relationships can skew this and make it difficult for us to truly know what boundaries are and how to define them. And that's kind of some of the stuff we're talking about right now is that when we have different experiences and different relationships in life, they can really begin to taint or skew or even develop and form the way that we see boundaries. And so um, it's that, you know, so we probably, I mean, we've worked with different people over the time where they might've been brought up in a very chaotic home Mm -hmm. where um, somebody would use, let's say like, you have to do these things. And it really kind of confused what a boundary is because maybe their home wasn't a safe environment. And so when you have that going up, it can really affect what you define or how you visualize or see those boundaries as an adult.
1: Absolutely. I think as a kid, um, you might imitate what you saw from your parents Mm -hmm. and you just repeat the same cycle of what you might think a boundary is, Mm -hmm. which might not have ever been a boundary at all.
0: Yeah. It's that learned behavior, right? That familiarity. Yeah, exactly. It's familiar. It's what I've known my entire life. And so this must be the correct or the best way to do it.
1: Which can make when you finally start um, using boundaries appropriately, it might mm-hmm. feel strange or it might feel wrong because mm-hmm. you're not used to it. it yeah. Might feel bad for the first couple yeah. times.
0: Yeah, it might, o- might only feel bad for you, but it might also feel bad for the people who you are setting that boundary towards or with. And so, because they might not ever have felt somebody use boundaries properly, and so because of that, they're like. What do you mean? And what are you doing?
1: Especially if you haven't been enforcing those boundaries with that person yes. thus far. So they're used to you just being like, okay, mm-hmm. yes. And then randomly you say no. And then they're like, well, you're being mean now. What's wrong? Right.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that's a really good point because a lot of times when we, start, when we start to use the word boundaries, right, we'll say, well, we don't know how to hold them. We don't know how to set boundaries. Well, let's back up. First, we don't know how to define them, right? We don't define them well. And then if we don't define them well, then we don't know how to hold them and set and, or set them. And then we don't know how to hold them. Mm-hmm. And then it, because, so then it becomes this choppy line of history with people of this is my boundary. This is what I think it is. This is how I hold it. And we keep the line keeps moving, if you will. And then when we start to learn about boundaries and go, okay, here's how they're defined. Here's what I do with them. And here's the process, if you will. Then we start to really start setting those boundaries because part of the intentionality of boundaries is having a consistent line. Mm-hmm. Always, you know, this is this is my line in the sand, just like with the property, you know, or if we were looking at this table here, the edges of the table are our boundaries of the table, and it's not like the edge of the table ever moves. And it's the same with our boundary; it shouldn't move. It should always be consistent. And so, when you have that consistency of, I always have to hold this line, people start look at you like, what's going on eventually, if you hold that boundary long enough, things will shift.
1: Yes, they'll begin to trust and respect it as something new. And this Mm -hmm. is now what we're going to be doing. If you go back and forth, it's confusing. And like you said, inconsistent, and they can't trust it. And
0: they'll just not take it seriously. Yeah. So not only is it necessary to know our boundaries, because it shows us what we're responsible for and what we are not responsible for. And I think that's another key part is that what we are responsible for versus what we're not responsible for. Because sometimes because we don't know how to set boundaries well, again, we end up taking on things that are not ours, that are not our responsibility.
1: Yeah. And looking back at the fence scenario, mm-hmm. I physically can like envision so pretty much you let other people drop off things in, in your fence and in your area. And before you know it, your whole yard is full of junk from other people. And you've allowed it mm-hmm. to just like fill your yard and you just, and then it's stuck. And yeah. then to set new boundaries, you have to one by one, try to get them out of your fence.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. Because we just keep, it just piles up and it becomes, it feels very weighty. Mm-hmm. But it's that process of learning how to make that change. So when we don't know how to have those boundaries and what, we're, what we are and are not responsible for, we really spend a lot of time and energy trying to control others, which is not part of our boundary. And, you know, we spend a lot of time on other control. I mean, we think about it when we, you know, um, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody and something happens, a lot of times we try to fix their mistake mm-hmm. or say, well, if you wouldn't have done this, then I wouldn't have to be this way, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we're trying to control. We try to have other control. I need you to to behave or to do or respond. Because if you can do that, then I can do what I have to do. Yes. But that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to have self-control. And that's really where our focus can be. Because if we can control ourselves, that's where we have our responsibility. Because just like... um. You sitting here, I can't make you say anything. You know?
1: <laughs> no, you cannot.
0: Cannot. <laughs> I could try. But what I can do is I can have I can control what I'm saying and what I'm doing. Um, you know, and so there's it's it's becomes a futile effort where we keep trying to control others. And then what happens is we become very frustrated in the process.
1: Yeah, and I think there can be an overflow of frustration that at some point, once it builds and builds, you unleash it on somebody, right? Mm-hmm. That's probably not the worthy recipient of that anger, or frustration. Yeah, because you're carrying everybody's weight for mm-hmm. them. Yeah,
0: I remember um, in the in the Boundaries book, they tell stories of in the beginning of this one lady who just she couldn't really say no. You know, she had all these people she was trying to. in her mind take care of her to please but her weight began to get so big and so heavy because it was constantly like somebody else was coming up to her say hey I need you this hey I need you this or I need you this and she just kept pivoting and she's like well I need to do I just have to take care of others I can't tell him no I need to be available
1: but then what happened from that too I remember Mm -hmm. that then um how do you how how do I want to say it um It built resentment, Mm -hmm. grew resentment. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, so once you're doing all those things for everybody, and then in your head you find yourself thinking these these resentment thoughts, like, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, and that because you think about if you are having resentful thoughts or trying to control others, how do you think that's going to be affecting you in that relationship with that person? Is it going to improve it
1: I think it would hinder it for sure
0: yeah yeah but that's usually the model that most of us use I know I'm guilty of that and my probably even I probably default back to it at times yeah. today but especially in my younger years is something I probably did often is that I need to control others I need to people please mm-hmm. I need to do all the things
1: well I, I for sure can say from my own experience too growing up just it can be scary to disappoint mm-hmm. somebody, and so it can be scary to tell somebody no, even if it's better for you to say no. Yes. It can still Absolutely. hold you back, that fear of it.
0: Yeah. yeah one of the things we talk about, because so we do a boundaries group here at the office, is that no is a complete sentence, right? And so a lot of times when we say the word no, we want to put explanation behind it. No, I can't go there because. no. I can't come over and help you because, and the reason why I want to say no is a complete sentence is because when you add the more to it, it actually gives opportunity for others to kind of argue, argue, yeah, help you figure out how you cannot, how you can say yes, and by just saying no, there's nothing with them to argue about, no is there? No wiggle
1: room, no.
0: Like as earlier. We were talking about doing it when I, when I talked to you about doing the podcast, I just like, Hey, Becca, do you want to do this? And, you know, you could have said no. Mm-hmm. And if you would have said no, that would have been fine. But, um, it wouldn't have left any room to have conversation, which sometimes mm-hmm. that needs to be that place that you don't always have to have a conversation with everybody. Yeah. And that's okay.
1: It is okay. It can be uncomfortable. I think. Um, in the moment, maybe if you just say no, mm-hmm. it's like you feel like you owe people an explanation mm-hmm. to make them feel okay with yeah. your answer. Mm. And you want to make sure that you're keeping the peace. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to realize you can still keep the peace yeah. without giving an explanation. You can yeah. keep the same level of respect.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And
1: they might respect you more for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes when we spend a lot of energy trying to make an excuse or, you know, trying to explain ourselves, um, it can come across as just that, like, I'm just trying to make an excuse to get away. Mm-hmm. But when you just say no, they're like, Oh, oh okay. Mm, okay. <laughs> and they may not know what to do with that right at the moment, but they're just yeah. like there's really no comeback to no. No. There really isn't. So, um, I don't know if that's maybe that's something that our listeners had never considered is that no is a complete sentence. So maybe that might be their takeaway today is that write that down because I've worked with clients in the past that really struggle with saying the word no. And um it's just, you know, that practice of saying no. So one of the things I try to talk to people about doing, um, and you might not like this since you have a history you have a your previous history is in the restaurant industry. So um that's okay sorry um <laughs> is that i i what because i challenge people to say like uh you need to find a safe place to practice your no so i'm like go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and say no to the waitress or the waiter you know they don't have to say you know because they're going to be kind yeah. of a safe place to test that out because more than likely they come back and you say Do you want some more water and you're like no mm-hmm. you know and you don't have to tell them why just no because it becomes a it becomes a safe place to just kind of practicing it comfortable yeah. in your own skin with saying no. Uh,
1: yeah. So in the restaurant too, I've found a way for me personally to practice, and just in any work environment, I think it would be good to practice saying no too when people ask you to cover your shift mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, coworkers I've found try to go over and beyond to give an excuse for why they can't cover your shift, but I've found it very helpful. Um p- by practicing just saying no without an explanation, and mm-hmm. they do accept.
0: Yeah. Because they have to. Right. Because you're not like, well, no, it's not a really yeah. good day for me. Oh, well, and they try to work it out. What about right? this
1: day then? Well, yeah, but I've also just noticed like that you're still able to have a good relationship yeah. with the people you say Absolutely.
0: no to. And I think that's the thing that drives us a lot of times to not have good boundaries is fear. hmm Like, oh, if I do this, they're n- what if I lose them as a friend? hmm they're not going to like me. What if they think less of me? Mm-hmm. And it's all those what ifs and that fear, the anxiety that really controls us and keeping us from doing what is actually good and setting those boundaries. Because the more we do that, actually, the better our relationships will be, not worse. Mm-hmm. And it's really something that we struggle with accepting the truth of it. Yeah. Because the more we can accept that truth, the more we can actually live a more fulfilled life. Yes. So some of our audience listeners might be like, this is all good, but how can we begin to make make the people around us or even make ourselves, how can we make, like, how can we make all these changes happen? And while I'd say the short answer is when we're talking about others, we can't make them change. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't make other people change. and As we're talking about responsibility, it's not our job or responsibility to change others. And so it's our responsibility lies with change in ourselves. And so I think when we're asking about how do we make change, it's like, well, how do I affect change for myself, not for others? Again, goes back to that boundary, what's mine and what's theirs? So when we think about the responsibility, we want to think about what we take ownership of and what we do with the ownership of that. So when we think of the idea of responsibility, we must remember that we are responsible to others and for ourselves, which is kind of what we've been talking about. Is so when we read in Galatians chapter six, verse two, it says carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So you may, you may be thinking, well, this says, we are responsible to take care of others. Yes and no. There are some key words we often gloss over here While we should carry each other's burdens, we must make sure that they're actually burdens. And sometimes we confuse burdens with what is responsibilities. And um, sometimes our burdens are more than we can carry. And so we may not have enough strength either physically, mentally, or spiritually, so resources or knowledge to carry the load of the burden on our own. So denying ourselves and care, denying ourselves and doing for others what they cannot do sacrificially is showing love and care just like we see modeled by Christ. So in other words, a burden is something that is so great that we just can't carry it around. It's not like things that we would do on a normal daily basis. It's like those things that are so weighty. Mm-hmm. Can you think of things that might be a good example? Um,
1: I think that... Just when you have all of these tasks um, piling up on you um, on top of your basic responsibilities like cooking dinner for the kids, Mm -hmm. getting the kids out the door for school, normal day-to-day things, I'm thinking of the things on top of that. Um, I don't know. Somebody in the family could have passed away recently. Mm -hmm. There could be any random thing that happens that just weighs down on top of all of your basic responsibilities. Mm Mm-hmm. And then that would become a burden that you weren't necessarily meant to carry all on your own. Yes. And that's what I think that verse is talking about, to go and help those people that need a little bit Mm -hmm. of uplifting and help. And maybe you help cook dinner for a friend that you just found out a family member passed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That that really reminds me of how it talks, again, in the book on boundaries, about kind of going a little bit deeper on what that means to carry someone else's burden, right? So it talks about how the Greek words for burden and load, because it talks about burden and load in that verse, how the, the burden actually means excess burden. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's really key for us to kind of hone in on. It's not just a burden that's just there. It's excess. Kind of like we were saying, somebody passed away mm-hmm. or there was a major crisis in the family. Maybe they're had a fire in their home or some other Mm -hmm. major issue. It's not like they're saying, hey, I have an extra little laundry. (laughs) No, this is a heavy burden. And so that's where we want to come in, and we want to support them. We want to help them carry that. It's appropriate to ask for help, and it's appropriate to give help in those situations.
1: Yeah. We don't want to just do everybody's chores for them, like Mm -hmm. doing their laundry, cleaning their house, mowing their lawn, taking their kids to school. Mm Mm-hmm. And bearing, well, yeah. then they don't bear any consequences, right? right?
0: Yeah, because that would be their kind of their their daily load, their daily yeah. expectations, their daily responsibilities. Yes. Those are the things they should be doing. But sometimes <laughs> that's where those boundaries get confused. We go, well, I need you to do this for me. And while well, you might feel overwhelmed and you might need help at times, that doesn't mean it's, it still doesn't mean it's somebody else's responsibility. Mm-hmm. But when those things become bigger than that excess burden, that's when it's like, okay, we need to step in. We need to help each other. We need to support each other. So it's really important for us to know the difference. So just like we are to carry our own load, we are not, and we are to carry our own load or our daily expectations, our daily responsibilities, we are not to carry each other's. Daily responsibilities. We have to let them, just like you said, if if we don't let each other feel the weightiness of that, um, how are we going to grow? Because, you know, mm-hmm. I think of like, especially because the example that pops in my head as we're talking through this is like a young, um, maybe a young 20 something who's learning how to live on their own, right? And they're first learning how to do stuff. Could you imagine if every day their parent, we'll just say, um, shows up at their home and comes out, I'm here to do your laundry i'm going to take care of everything for you because I, I know it's hard mm-hmm. you've only live on your own for a couple of months and i just don't want you to get behind so i'm gonna do your laundry i'm gonna show up every day i'm gonna do your laundry
1: mm-hmm. i'll have a meal cooked for you when you get home yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah so what do you think that's teaching that person that young person
1: that maybe they don't really have responsibilities mm-hmm. right at that time in their life
0: yeah so Yeah, so yeah, maybe they don't have responsibilities. They're also not learning how to function mm-hmm. as a full adult. Yeah. So what happens when that parent leaves or can't be around?
1: And it might seem devastating to you, the 27-year-old or so, and then they might think that their parents are cutting them mm-hmm. off. They might not understand what
0: what's yeah. happening. Yeah, because maybe as a parent of adult children you might be like man i'm like i can't keep doing this isn't this is sustainable i'm getting tired and so mm-hmm. instead of setting the boundary you start to vacillate You're like i can't do this every day and so you start to not come and so then the the adult child might be like oh you don't care about me they're starting to feel all the things mm-hmm. and it's not about that it's because there hasn't been in the consistency in the boundary line yeah because you've been trying to carry something that's not yours to carry you're not mm-hmm. allowing each other to feel the responsibility that yours to feel. Mm-hmm. So it really kind of takes us full circle back to the idea of the physical boundary line, doesn't it? Yeah. If we don't know what that physical line is, we just can't keep, we can't know where to go and where not to go. So sometimes we confuse, you know, kind of going back to talking about what we were about earlier is if we don't know where the boundaries are and we're trying to learn how to set boundaries, we sometimes get frustrated and we feel like mm-hmm. we have to self-protect, and that's where those walls come in. We set up yes. walls, and we go, oh, I just have to feel safe. I have to be able to do this. And so essence, when we do that, we push everyone else out or a lot of things out. It becomes lonely. hmm It does. Yeah. And then we go, boundaries don't work.
1: Mm-hmm. You're not allowing the good to come in.
0: Yeah. Well, and we're not really using a boundary. Mm-mm. Yeah, you can't allow the be- you can't allow the good come in. You're keeping all of it out. Well, most of it out, I should say. Yeah, it's hard. Now, I, I, you might be listening. and You're going, you guys keep ta- we keep talking about boundaries and the value of them because you know we obviously think boundaries have a high value. And you might be feeling frustrated, like how in the world am I going to do this? I've been trying. I've been trying. Um. I just encourage you to go to our website. We do offer a boundaries group throughout the year. Of course, you can listen to our podcast and different information. Um, But it's really good for you to kind of dig in and be thinking about how can I grow in this area? Because if we just kind of sit in that space and go, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work. It's not going to get any better. That's it's going to be a challenge to grow. Yeah. But if instead we really sit and we go, okay, how can I learn to look at this differently? How can I learn what a boundary really is? I might encourage you to, you know, for our listeners to kind of, to go out and get the boundaries book by Dr. Cloud and Townsend. Um, it's an excellent resource where you can learn about boundaries and how how to set them and how to hold them and what they how they really are defined.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Um, When you think about um, teaching to people about boundaries, what would probably be one of the things that you think surprises people the most when they start to learn about boundaries?
1: I think something that surprised me maybe was the self-reflection of how maybe you might be overstepping somebody else's boundaries. Mm -hmm. You forget to ask yourself, what are you doing? how are you encroaching on somebody else's? Mm -hmm. That was a little bit shocking for me to think um, that people maybe might forget to think about. But,
0: yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because we are by nature a little self-focused. Yeah. That's really good to bring up is that sometimes we forget to look to say what boundaries might others have Mm -hmm. that we're not acknowledging.
1: Yeah, and if
0: those hurt feelings
1: you might be feeling from them saying no to you, Mm-hmm. It's not they're not trying
0: to hurt your feelings. Yeah, it's not it's not personal. Correct. It's just that it's this is their limits because boundaries is about this is how far I can go. This is how far I extend mm-hmm. versus how far you extend. Yeah. And so if we know where each other person which person how where the other person begins and where I end. Yeah, then it becomes easier to be in relationship with somebody.
1: Yeah, and it shows you that you can respect that person's boundaries, and it kind of can empower yourself to then set your own boundaries. Once you feel that level of respect for them mm-hmm. and respecting their boundaries, and you're like, hey, I can set a boundary, Yeah, and that's what it's supposed to feel like, somebody else to respect yours. Because
0: mm-hmm. the opposite of what you're talking about is when we don't respect each other's boundaries and we don't know where they begin, or I'm sorry, where they end and we begin or vice versa, then we become what we call enmeshed. Mm-hmm. Where we kind of intertwine ourselves and there and the other person together, and everything just kind of tangles together, and that becomes really messy. Just like you would imagine, something that's tangled is really messy. Enmeshment mm-hmm. is really messy, and it and it causes chaos. Yeah. So if you're in a kind of if you know if you're in a relationship like that that feels chaotic or enmeshed, and that might be a new word. Like, what does that mean? Like, what does it mean? So think about something that kind of tangles together. And if that's where you're at, you might be, hmm, I might need to look at what it, I might need to look at how to set better boundaries or how to set boundaries well. Yeah. How to untangle yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you might even have some of your gates not open like we were talking about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So as we're thinking about boundaries as well, we want to think about what's within our boundaries. You kind of talked a little bit about that earlier is, you know, sometimes a lot of stuff gets kind of thrown into our boundaries if we're not setting the wall or within our property line Yeah, and we're building that wall. And sometimes we end up holding all these things in. So our feelings, they can be these really powerful forces, but at times it may feel good and necessary to follow the lead of what we feel, right? So... But feelings should never be our leaders. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I think we get confused with that. We take, we feel something, we go, oh, I better do this, right? We just, we just run ahead because I feel this way, I should do it. But feelings are not facts. On the other hand, we need to reckon. We don't want to ignore our feelings, but we don't want them. We don't want to let them lead us. Um, We need to recognize that our feelings, instead, are indicators of something that we must delve into deeper. If, And so when we think about all this, you know, when we're setting boundaries, we might have feelings that come up. And that's what we really have to be careful with is sometimes we go, oh, I had this feeling, and so I need to react. But feelings aren't facts. They're -hmm. indicators of things that we need to work on deep within ourselves often.
1: Yeah, usually I think if I feel something negative – it usually means that I need to ask more questions, mm, that's to really find great. out more information so that I can feel appropriately about mm-hmm.
0: it. And that usually is super helpful for me. Yeah. So feelings are just one aspect of what may affect our boundaries, but our attitudes and beliefs can impact our ability to set good and healthy boundaries. Um, remember, we can set a boundary incorrectly by setting walls or even using them to control others or even having a soft and flexible boundary. Our attitudes tend to be derived from a settled way of thinking and our feelings about things, which is then reflected in our behavior. So, our attitudes will impact the stance we have on each other, God, our life, our work, our relationships. So much will impact it. And our beliefs are anything we can accept to be true. What we focus on as truth is key as it shapes so much about us. Truth or truth must have correct and a pure lens, which to filter it through. So how we behave is integral as our behaviors have consequences. You might be thinking, why are we thinking about behaviors? I'm listening to a podcast to get the other person to stop their behavior, right? So um, I want them to change, and I don't need to work on this. So we want to remember that when we set a boundary, it's about what is mind to control and what is ours to carry and to do, and what is not mine. So when you're focusing on someone else's behaviors, you need to change your focus, and you cannot change someone else's behaviors if you can can only change your response. So it's really a lot to kind of think about um, as I kind of read through that section of thinking about um, how our behaviors and our thoughts and How we filter through our thought process. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, again, going back to feelings aren't facts. We need to know what's truth, right? We have to know the truth of that. Because if we don't, then we're going to really kind of get lost in the weeds, if you will.
1: Yeah, you'll react based on a false truth. You won't Mm -hmm. have all the information. And then you'll end up saying or doing something you regret Yeah, to the other person that didn't Mm -hmm. deserve it. So, yeah. Yeah get messy pretty quick if you just yeah. react based on your feelings.
0: Yeah. We have to be really careful to not let those feelings just lead us around. Yeah. And kind of, so say, you know, kind of, since we're talking about boundaries, kind of back up. So we set a boundary with someone, maybe they give some pushback. Maybe they react. Um, sometimes that reaction that they're feeling and that maybe we feel as a result of their pushback mm-hmm. are is an indicator of a time where we both need to kind of pull back. Yeah. Take a couple of things. It doesn't mean we're not going to address it. But what it means is you need to take some time to figure out what's going on inside of yourself. Because sometimes our reaction is just to go and just react. Mm -hmm. We spew. We're angry.
1: And thinking that that's the same thing that could have happened for the other person. They reacted based on Mm -hmm. information that wasn't true. Yeah. So the same thing could have happened for them. Yeah. And if you both take that moment to pause and step back for a few mm-hmm. and come back and ask those questions
0: to gain the truth out of it. Absolutely. So if we don't have good behaviors, um, we will have consequences though. So and I always like to delineate consequences as consequences are both positive and negative. A lot of times we use the word consequence as a negative correlation. But what whether we have a good behavior or a bad behavior, we are gonna have consequences. But if we do not allow others to feel the weight of their behaviors, they will miss those consequences, therefore missing an area of growth like we talked about earlier. Yeah. So we need to make sure we allow people to feel those consequences, but that can be really hard.
1: Yeah. It can, but I do think that letting them feel that opportunity for growth also gives you the opportunity mm-hmm. to get closer to that person. Yeah. Which, if you can find value in that, it would be more valuable to set that boundary. If you're really mm-hmm. wanting those deep connections with that person, yeah. to think about it that way might be helpful.
0: Yeah, I kind of go back to the example we were talking about earlier with the the parent and the young adult. Yeah. Like, if they learn to let that young adult feel those consequences of them not cleaning their house or doing their laundry, because what's going to happen if they don't do laundry for a week? They're going to have dirty clothes. They're going to have dirty clothes. And if they don't do dirty, if they don't do laundry for two weeks, right? It's going to, yeah. Maybe their house is going to start to stink. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? Or maybe they're going to look unkept at work, you know? So if they're going to learn mm-hmm. by the consequences, right? Because if we'll just, if that young person goes to work in dirty clothes, yeah. There's probably going to be some comments made, right? And yeah. so they're gonna, there's going to be a, probably a consequence. I mean, I know if my. Boys well, should appear in dirty clothes, I'd be like, mm. we need to chat, right? <laughs> and so, you know, those behaviors over time, if they're not corrected, yeah, there is a consequence.
1: Yeah, but that's the consequence and the responsibility of the young adult.
0: That's right. And that's how they learn to grow, right? Yeah. It's because if nobody ever if he never feels the weight of that responsibility, he's never gonna grow, never gonna mature in that area and he's yeah. gonna stay stuck.
1: Which will harm his future relationships mm-hmm.
0: as well. Yeah. And so it's important for us to let each other feel the consequences so we can grow. And that might be a foreign concept to people. It's like, you mean if I let someone feel the weight of something or the consequences? It, like, I like how you put it earlier, it's an opportunity for growth. Yeah. And that's a really good way to reframe that
1: mm-hmm. an
0: opportunity to mm-hmm. get closer to somebody, too. Yeah. So, um, We also must take responsibilities for our own choices. We're talking about other people taking responsibility for those choices, but we got to take responsibility for ours too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. So when we're responsible for our own choice, we learn to have self-control. But this is a common boundary issue by avoiding and not accepting responsibility for our own choices. What do we typically want to do when something goes wrong? Blame somebody else. Yeah. I didn't do it. Not my fault. <laughs> couldn't help it, officer. They made me hit them with my car, you know. You ran into me. Yeah, they ran into me. <laughs> yeah, they stopped too fast. Yeah. When we're kids, you know, when the kids are little, they're like, they hit each other. and like, I couldn't help it. They made me hit them or they yeah, took they my made toy. Me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, but it's funny, we laugh at kids that do it, but really as we grow up as adults, we do the same thing. We just use different words.
1: Yeah, we do. Yeah. We We do it in different ways.
0: Yeah. And we have this expectation that everybody should be, make it easier for us. Yeah. But what it's not teaching us is we have to learn self-control. We have to teach, we have to learn how to feel the weight of our own consequences so we can grow. Exactly. Yeah. So instead, we might push off our responsibility on others. Um, And so we just kind of keep thinking about how others should be helping us. So it can be hard to grapple with all these things because sometimes when we're – these things we're talking about with boundaries, responsibilities, self-control, all these things, we be like, this is getting a little too personal. Mm -hmm. You're getting in my business. And people (laughs) don't like that, right? And so we might want to – We might be tempted as we've been listening to this to be like, I just got to turn this off. I can't. It might almost, for some people, it might be a triggering conversation to be hearing these things. Yeah. Or you might be sitting here listening going, this is not fair. You don't know how hard I've tried. Yeah. You don't understand what I've been through. Hmm, That's a hard one. But I would just say to that person that's listening going, you don't understand. To say that. We, do real, we work really hard to try to hear you and to know that this is not an easy journey. Yeah. Now, there's so many hurt people, and there's so many people who's been through so much, and hear us plainly by saying, we're not saying all these things to judge you, to say that you're not trying hard enough to do better. What we're just saying is that we love you so much that we want to equip you.
1: Yeah. They're easier. They're not easier. They're definitely ways to make things easier and to mm-hmm. make and help your relationships grow and become better and just better all around closer relationships.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just, I, um, anything we do to grow is going to be hard. And so as, as you begin to, as if you're listening to this and you're thinking of kind of processing through yourself of how do I do boundaries I will just say that it's going to get harder, probably before it gets easier. But I don't say that to discourage you. But instead, I say that to encourage you.
1: Yeah, I would say it's a good thing if it's a little uncomfortable because that's mm-hmm. a sign of growth. Yeah, right. And that's a good thing. That's something to be joyful about.
0: Yeah. Have you ever done? Are you, Are you a runner? I don't know.
1: Well, I used to play soccer, but okay. I wouldn't call myself so, a runner.
0: But I mean, so but you but you physical yeah. exertion things like that. So. When you first start doing a sport or mm-hmm. running or anything like that, the first time you start to do it, your body really feels... Sore. Sore, yeah, exhausted. Yeah. Um, but if you continue to push through that, push yeah. through that hard...
1: Things what? become easier. Mm-hmm. Your body adapts. Mm-hmm. Um, you gain endurance, yeah. strength, confidence.
0: Mm-hmm. We grow with it. Yes. And so we're able to do it and we're able to become a stronger and better person. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens with us from an emotional standpoint. When The more we practice boundaries, the more we um, practice self-control, mm-hmm. the more we learn about listening to our way our feelings make our feel and feel and how to adjust to them and all of that, the more it's going to become natural.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Just like I'm sure today – No offense, (laughs) but if you went to go play soccer today, your skill set would be a little different than what it was in the
1: past. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) But I'm sure if you practiced and you started doing it at the same amount and intensity as you did years ago.
1: I could get back to it if I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And it's the same thing. Like we can grow and we can get there, but if we don't practice and we don't stay intentional with it. Yeah. Then you won't grow. Yeah. We'll waver. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll kind of go back. And so, yeah, as, you're, as, you're, as our listeners are listening through with this and thinking about boundaries, I would just encourage them just to continue to kind of press forward and press into this. Don't be afraid of the hard spaces mm-hmm. because it can be scary. So we want you to just know that we are in this space with you and we really want to walk through this with you. So as we continue to process through the various boundaries, we need to address the concept of values, so what we value and how we define value will affect our boundaries. Value will show what we love and see as important. We must ensure that our hearts and minds value things that satisfy and that, will la- that which will last. We can put our values into things that change from moment to moment or day to day. But if we do so, will our boundaries. So, so you might be wondering, how do I know? what I value and where is it derived from. I would suggest if you're listening that you first make a list of what you value. Once you have your list, go back over that list and ask, why is this a value for me? And then after you've done that, go back over the list again and um, ask yourself, what is my earliest memory of this value? And then I want you to go over it one more time. I know that sounds like a lot. And there's a reason why I want you to do it kind of in a repetition form because it's going to help you process through this. Go over it one more time, but then ask yourself, how was this value formed? Some of you might be overzealous and kind of tempted to, attempted to say, I'm just going to jump in, I'm going to do this, and I'm just going to do all the steps in one. And you can if you want, obviously, like we talked about, I can't control you. You get to <laughs> control yourself. But I would encourage you not to do it in that way. Um, Because the purpose of this activity is for you to go slow and to go deep. So you can kind of really think about where your values come from. Because, again, if you don't know your values, it's going to be really, really hard to set your boundaries. You have to know um, where where they come from. You don't want your values to be so soft they'll be shift in the sand. So really kind of think about where your values come from. Because values are really, really important to know how to set our boundaries. If we don't know what we value... Yeah, how it, can we set those limits?
1: Values, I think, is a something that drives us right to make certain decisions in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense you have to define what you value first.
0: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So and some and we really some don't spend a lot of time thinking about what we value.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of. I think that a lot of times what we should value is taught to us as kids too. Mm. So it can be kind of confusing when you think what do I value? Cuz yeah. you're a separate person from yes, your family, so
0: or who you're in a relationship with. Absolutely. You know, or your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, your parents, whatever. You don't have whatever. to
1: value the same things.
0: And you may not. It, you know, so you have to really weigh that out. Yeah. And you have to figure because if you are if you are setting your values to be yours just because somebody else says you should have them, mm-hmm. hmm.
1: yeah, that will conflict with healthy boundaries for your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're not the boundaries you're supposed to have. Yeah, or designed to have.
0: Well, and how can you hold something that's not something that you truly value?
1: Yeah, and I think God gave you certain values for exactly. A yeah, so he wants you to have appropriate boundaries for what you value.-hmm
0: Yeah. As we continue to see what areas and boundaries impact, we want to look at our limits, our talents, our desires, and our love, we must know where, where we stand in each of the categories we have mentioned or discussed today, there's so much more for us to dive into. and we want to make sure that you have resources um, you need to learn more more and to grow. Because of Peace Restored, it's our hope for you to seek healing and find hope through growth and transformation. So over the next few weeks, we're going to continue to discuss the topic of boundaries. So make sure to tune back in to grow with us. In the meantime, we'll include various links and resources on our show notes to help you in your healing journey. If you're enjoying this content, we would ask that you please subscribe um, to our podcast and share the show with your friends. Over the next several podcasts, we will just, like I said, continue this discussion on boundaries. I hope you've really enjoyed this, and I'm so grateful that Becca joined me today. And I think it's been a really good conversation between the two of us. Sorry, I'm getting (laughs) tongue-tied. But in the meantime, like I said, if you'd like to learn more about Peace Restored, you can just go to our website at peacerestored.net. You'll be able to uh, find the links in our show notes, along with a few other video links. So don't forget to click on the notes to learn more. Come back next time to continue your journey to seeking healing and finding hope. Peace Restored is a 501c3 nonprofit and we are donor supported, so if you would like to support us financially to continue providing resources such as this podcast, our counseling services, our classes, and more, you can go to our website and donate. Thank you.